Yo, it's the Throwboy Show, the podcast where I talk to awesome people that are making awesome stuff. I'm your host, Roberto Hoyos. Welcome to the show, y'all. This week, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Olga Kay. She is the founder and CEO of Mooshwalks. Mooshwalks is her amazing brand that is creating socks with ears with characters on them. Super cool stuff, and it's empowering young girls all around the world. I sat down and talked to her about her YouTube rise to fame and how she transitioned that into her brand, but I'll let her tell you. So let's get right into the show. Here is Olga Kay. Olga Kay. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to my living room. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah. I uh, feel like it's been a little while since we've seen each other. I know. We only see each other when we work. Work on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for being on the show. Um, I feel like there's a whole bunch of questions that people have about the woman behind Mooshwalks. And uh, I definitely want to get into that, but... Before that, um, I wanted to kind of like rewind and ask you where you grew up. Oh my gosh. Um, so uh, this is emotional. So I uh, grew up in a tiny village in Russia slash Ukraine, a tiny village in Crimea. And uh, it was so little. It was like 400 people, maybe 800 people in the village. Um, wow. I could probably walk across the whole village within 40 minutes Jeez. yeah it was only one school and uh, two grocery stores so uh-huh. there's not much to do not much um uh inspiration around you but we did have lots of cows <laughs> and they had different spots on their bodies so, <laughs> so there was that so i grew up there so we didn't have much we was very my family was very poor and uh uh, my dream as a little girl was to grow up, grow up and run away with the circus Wow. So how did that, was was the circus like something that was popular over there? Or? Uh, so yeah, so Russian circus is actually really interesting because it's, um, if you're a Russian circus performer, you almost consider it as a pop star. So, oh. you, so you run around the same circles. You're on TV, oh, really? uh, you're cool, you <laughs> probably hang out with, you know, lots of the awesome creative people okay so it was very exciting uh, as a little girl i i only had maybe three channels on tv and my aunt was already in a circus and when you flip through channels uh, the often things that you'll see would be news obviously mm-hmm. lots of comedians stand-up comedians and then occasionally you'll see circus performers on TV. Oh, okay. So being a village girl, I was like, oh my gosh, that could be me one day if I run away with the circus. I could actually, even people in the village can see me. And it felt like something you could do because your aunt was doing it. Yeah, so my aunt was doing it and I was, uh, I remember I was 12 and our conditions became super difficult in the village and we had to make a choice whether we stay there and struggle a lot or we run away and join the circus Mm -hmm. and so I was 14 and I joined the circus and I the really fast I learned that I was too old (laughs) because by the time you're 14 you already have two acts and everyone starts you know from birth and then by the time they're seven they already have an act 
by the time they're 14, they have a second act. And here I am. Oh, wow. Hey, I want to be a circus star. <laughs> and I have zero skills. And you're like, you're 14. You're, like, you're, you're 14. Over the hill. Yeah, you're a grandmother. <laughs> Go take a seat uh, somewhere else. And um, I remember my dream was to become an aerial artist. And I was not only old at 14, I also had wide hips and that's like a no-no and they're like there's no way you could be strong enough to lift your butt over your head and fly through the air like you're gonna be crashing you're gonna be falling off the trapeze every time you try to do something so uh, I asked what my other options were and they said juggling Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, well, juggling, your uncle juggles, so that would be easy for you to learn, and, and th- you'll never be an acrobat because you're too scared and you have the fear already in you. Right. Yeah, because yeah. when you're <clears throat> when you're really little, you don't have that kind yeah, of fear because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly, and when you fall, you don't fall as high because you're just not tall enough. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, at 14, there's just so many obstacles that I had to overcome if I wanted to do something. And I remember feeling... When I heard that juggling could be my way in, I remember feeling like, oh, this is so not attractive. It's for (laughs) guys. It's not graceful. I just would hate doing something like that for a living. Mm -hmm. And uh, and quickly I realized that that's the only option that I had. And uh, and even at that time, at 14, you're kind of too old. So I remember going to school and coming home and practicing for eight hours a day just so I can become... Uh, the same level skilled as other other peers that were around me. Wow. So at a young age, you were already very like entrepreneurial mixed with sort of a performing. I definitely I definitely never called myself an entrepreneur uh, until I was in my late 20s, which okay. is shocking because I'm coming to realize that I've always been one. Yeah. And I wish somebody point that out to me so I could focus on it. So I always thought my career will progress into being a circus uh, performer, uh, some kind of a other performer, and then... Um, actress and I would just go down that line okay uh, because I love to entertain uh, people always laughed when I did something mm-hmm. so I knew that it's gonna be my future so I was performing with the circus and I honestly thought that's gonna be the rest of my life I'm gonna raise my family being circus performers as well and, and just live in Russia and, and just live in Russia mm-hmm. travel all over the world and just be the best I could be, mm-hmm. and my kids would be better. So, so, <laughs> so that was the only goal. And I was 14, and I was traveling. And then around 16, that's how I ended up in America. I came here with the circus, Ringling Brothers, with my uncle and aunt and my cousin. And uh, it was just going to be a two-year contract where I just performed for two years and I go back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember I didn't really know much about America, even though my mom is uh, convinced that I wanted to live in America ever since I was six. When I came to LA, before I became a YouTube star, <laughs> uh, I was trying to figure out what I can do for money. I didn't want to be in a circus anymore. I did occasional juggling events here and there. And I remember being just so frustrated. I was like, well, this is what I do. I go to a party and I juggle. Uh, like, what am I doing with my life? Uh-huh. Uh, so I started looking into how I can be in TV commercials and I was really not getting anywhere. So just to make money, like every day to pay my bills, I got a job as an extra on TV shows. I'm like, okay, I'll make $50 a day, 
it'll cover some of my rent mm-hmm. um, and then some bills and then we'll see what happens and I remember I've just like always been a hustler you know like I, yeah. would, I would go on the set and I would do extra work and I would bring my juggling balls and I would just juggle <laughs> so every single person in that community knew that I was a juggler uh-huh. so every time there was a posting uh, that somebody was looking for jugglers, TV shows or commercials. They, I would get like 15 to 20 text messages a day. They're like, did you see this? I'm like, yes, I saw it. I already called them. <laughs> the one and only uh, juggler yeah, in town, were, basically. Pretty much. I was the only, oh, maybe I was the only one who would constantly show off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, lunchtime? Let's show off and show what I can do. Um, because again, like I think it comes from a place of respect. So, you know, doing extra work is not a very respectable job. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to always stand out and show that I had some more more talent than just being somebody who's crossing across in front of the camera it seems like there's a theme of so you're you're young and you're always kind of trying to stand out Mm -hmm. in a way or you're creating your own job for yourself in a way like so the entrepreneur thread kind of comes from when you were younger yeah that inspiration i guess comes from i guess on subconscious level it comes from my family because my family had to learn how to be creative to survive okay um we would have cows like my family i mean it was insane last three years in the village they were not getting paid and they would get paid in bags of grass wow so we could feed to our cows and uh, so that was a pretty tough reality where we're like okay well we grow all of our vegetables and fruit so we can we have cows, we have milk, what else can we do? And that was before the internet days. Um, bef- I mean, I didn't have a computer until I moved to, you know, to America. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a computer until I was 18, I think. And I think I bought my own when I was 21. So, so no internet. So no internet, anything. no resources like that. So my family had to figure out how to make uh, sour cream and cheese and butter on their own by, to sell and to sell or exchange with our neighbors and oh, I wow. feel like that kind of gave me this entrepreneurial survival skills yeah like if something is not going well how can we get creative and yeah, make it work totally. so that definitely gave me this uh, subconscious but I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur until the end of my or middle of my YouTube career so I was in my mid-20s where I realized like hold on a second I think I'm entrepreneur and how the come how come no one ever told me that yeah <laughs> so because all that resourcefulness that you're talking about it's mm-hmm. not some people are just handed a lot of stuff mm-hmm. or you know they're not they don't have to get creative because they never hit any sort of like hard times exactly so maybe that started when you were younger that you've been able to to hustle like your whole life I think so and I'm so thankful uh, coming from like a really poor background is probably the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. and then I remember not liking school I remember getting sick um, <laughs> in and quotes. in quotes and then uh, my mom she told me that well if you want to be in entertainment business you have to work twice as hard and that was her way of scaring me <laughs> and uh, I'm like awesome all I have to do is work hard that's great thanks I, mom I don't need to go to yeah, school yeah I was like thanks I have like a green light to do whatever I want um, and I was 12 when uh-huh. that happened and uh so ever since that, like I hear my mom's voice, like if things get hard, I go, okay, if I work harder, I can figure it out Yeah. as long as I don't relax and which is terrible. That's why I'm so driven. And sometimes <laughs> it's just so terrible because I constantly work and trying to figure new things out. And, and another reason I realized that I'm an entrepreneur as well, because once I succeed at something that I've spent years building, 
I get bored and I want to start something else, mm-hmm. something from scratch that is difficult and I have to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, you get that like itch to do mm-hmm. something else. So when you, uh, after you were kind of involved in the LA scene, mm-hmm. how did the YouTube thing spring about? Okay, Because so you became one of the top YouTubers. <sighs> yeah. And it, it changed your life, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So it was crazy because I didn't want to start a YouTube channel at all and I didn't know YouTube existed. And in 2006, which is a year and a half after YouTube even started, yeah. um, my friend who is a juggler, uh, came to me and he said hey can you create an account uh, because I want to become popular on YouTube with my juggling videos and I want you to go and like rate and comment because the more you rate the more you comment um, the more five stars five stars exactly <laughs> with those yellow stars there so I created an account and I really didn't even know how to spell YouTube I keep ending up at youtube.com the band website and I was like what is happening um, and then finally, I ended up on YouTube, and I saw all these videos on front page, and I've discovered a couple of different personalities. And I remember going to watch my friend's videos and comment and do whatever he asked me to do. Uh-huh. And Olga K was actually not my name. It was just the password to my bank account. And okay. I was like, oh, this is something I can remember. Uh, so I just put in Olga K. Um, <laughs> and so that's how it became my screen name and eventually became my name and my identity. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so I remember watching all these videos and I remember seeing all these vloggers. And that was before we had a term vlogger. Uh-huh. And I remember being mesmerized, looking at these people staring at the camera. And I'm like, what is is this art form that I don't understand but I yeah. like it so much um, so that was one thought and the second thought was I can do so much better and he's <laughs> like I could figure out how to do and by the way I was not better if you watch my videos in the beginning I was like how did I even uh, how did anyone even start watching my content like I could not even talk I can't talk right now um so so yeah and it was a learning curve I didn't know how to edit I didn't know how to talk to camera um I didn't know how to film Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I would talk about if you watch my first video it's just like me sitting there and like mm, um talking about um you know my juggling day (laughs) (laughs) it's a funny video it's very innocent and everything's still up right yeah. Okay. You can watch it. I think it's. Uh, uh, I think it, the title of that video is "I Need a New Camera." Um, <laughs> Why is it called that? Because I remember going to this event juggling, and I wanted to share and show people what I did that day, and I didn't have a camera, so I just had to sit in front of my computer in front of my eyesight and explain what happened. Oh, uh, so you were using your laptop? Yes. So I definitely. <laughs> oh, and the, the the really funny story because eventually I was like, I keep missing out on all these amazing things that I'm doing even with juggling, like occasional juggling gigs. Um, so I started carrying my computer everywhere I went. <laughs> and one of those uh, one of those events were when I flew all the way to St. Thomas to do a couple of shows there. And it was this beautiful island. And I was running around with my computer, which is getting overheated like every two <laughs> seconds, just filming videos. And it was just such a bizarre... Well, nobody really knew the term vloggers. Yeah. Uh, so it was already weird to see people with cameras talking to themselves quote unquote talking to themselves yeah and uh, but now you have this girl who's running with the computer yeah. running around with this computer and talking to the computer and it's like <laughs> what is happening and uh, and I remember saying to everyone that I knew I don't know what it is but I have a feeling it's something big as YouTube was becoming like your whole life your mm-hmm. whole focus and everything like that 
um, were you fulfilled? Was that something that you really enjoyed doing? Or were, do, you, do you feel like there was other things that you were not doing? Yeah, so there's definitely um, different portions of that. I mean, my YouTube career lasted for about eight to ten years, which is five to seven years too long <laughs> like I always say the the span of a YouTube career is three years and if you can make it work longer wow um, <laughs> great and and I'm lucky to say that I was part of that and uh, you know I became popular and uh, I was having sponsorships uh, coming my way I didn't have to work as hard things were just kind of happening and I remember I had more passions because at that point I was creating scripted comedy and I was creating different characters and all of my audience were connected to this particular character I've created called Emo Girl. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, so relatable to teenage girls with her things that she hated <laughs> and the people that she hated. Um, so I was doing that and I remember thinking, well, I really want to share my life because my life is becoming really exciting too. I'm going to these events and I'm doing this and that and the other. Yeah. So long story short, I ended up uh, building four other channels. I've created a daily documentary channel, mm -hmm. video game channel, just to give myself an excuse to play video games <laughs> and not feel guilty that I'm not working. Um, and then fashion and beauty channel because my audience would always say, Olga, your fashion is so amazing. And listen, I'm the girl who didn't even own a pair of jeans until I was 17. <laughs> so I'm like, I know nothing about fashion. But what I do know is that I don't care what I look like. I'm just going to make it fun and mm -hmm. interesting. And I think a lot of girls really looked up to that kind of attitude. And uh, so I had four channels. I was producing 23 videos a week. Holy moly. And I have no idea how I did it, but... I am somebody who likes to work hard, so yeah. um, I was okay with that. And I remember doing that for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. just nonstop. That was my life, and uh, I was a machine, and I was doing so well doing that. But I didn't really pay attention to signs that I was getting burnt out. I was like, well, you're not burnt out. You're fine. Just wake up and just do more. <laughs> so I would just do more and more, and then eventually I just hit the wall where I was just like, okay people coming to me with opportunities and I literally would open an email and they would say hey we want to pay you ten thousand dollars to make this campaign and we want you to do this that and the other and I just want to take my computer and throw it out of the window <laughs> and I was just like what is happening I've never seen this before I worked so hard to be at this level yeah and uh, to make this my job so I didn't have to do anything else and all of a sudden I just want people to stop talking to me. <laughs> I mean, it must have been crazy because you're not only there's no there was no roadmap for YouTube back then. Yes. So you, it was basically like a site that all of a sudden started getting like the internet's majority of traffic mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. to. You were part of it, mm -hmm. and then you had to start figuring it out along the way. And then, yep. I mean, who wouldn't be like unsure of what they were gonna do with it because it's. Well, it, was I all, feel like, it was all new, right? No, absolutely. But, you know, it was something new and I made it work. Absolutely, So yeah. it's kind of, hey, what do you have to complain about? You work out of your second bedroom. Completely, uh, yeah. So I should have been happy, but I remember being so unhappy at the end of my YouTube career. And I couldn't understand why. Mm -hmm. Because I worked so hard and I was actually successful. It's not like I was not successful anymore and I was just frustrated. Mm -hmm. Like I was at the top of my success and I just didn't care. And I also have this interesting point of view when it comes to fame. I think fame is such an empty 
space or thing to be part of and I never wanted to be famous so I can go outside and people <laughs> chase me down the street. <laughs> I only wanted to be famous so people give me opportunities. And yeah. when I knock on the door, they don't slam it in my face. Mm -hmm. and, and they actually give me opportunities so I can do something bigger. And and I have all of that and all of a sudden, I just I just don't want to be part of this. And, and I knew, so that's something that I had to look deeper and figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first decision was to make less videos and step away and just really figure out what's important to me. And I felt so guilty, but I kept forcing myself not to make that many videos and really spend more time with my friends and just maybe travel more and just relax. And uh, and the more I stepped away, uh, for the first time in my life, I was like mid-20s and, and I'm not a huge reader. I'll read magazines here and there, but I never read books. Mm. Um, and for the first time in my life, I started reading books. And uh, one of the books that I read at that time was The Success Principles. And it talked about how if you're complaining about something and something is not going right in your life, it's your fault. So shut the hell up uh, and do whatever you need to do to figure out what you need to do to feel happy. That's good advice. It, it, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, and it, completely it's, like, true, it's so. nobody's fault. It's all, you got yourself where you want to be. And if you're not happy, do something about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember reading that book four times. Again, it was one of those things I didn't understand why, but I needed to read it four times because I knew there was something in there. Mm. There was some kind of magic. It was this intuition that I had to follow. I was like, there's some kind of a magic there that it's like waiting for me and I just haven't achieved it yet, but I saw it. I should read it again. Mm -hmm. And so I read it four times and uh, I woke up and it sounds so crazy, but I woke up one day and I said, okay, I'm obsessed with socks. I should start a sock company. So oh. that was one of the thoughts. Uh, the other thought was every YouTube star was making t-shirts as their um, extensive merch, merch line and yeah. they call it a business or they call it whatever. And I remember being so unauthentic when I did that. I was like, we all have the same product, only different logos on it. I want to create something special for my audience. Like, and it comes again from that place where like, I just want to stand out. Yeah. Um, I wanted to stand out. I want my audience to stand out. Um, when they walk into the room, I want people to say, oh, that's Olga K's merch. Yeah. Uh, so they couldn't be confused with anything else. And it, and it took me a while to realize why I started the company that I've started, but I, I just remember now in that socks, I want to make socks. And again, I was like met within this wall of uh, I know nothing about how to build the business or how to manufacture or how to do anything really. Mm -hmm. But I was just so excited because I've done it so many times before, like in the circus and then building my YouTube yeah, career. Yeah, something new made you passionate. Yeah, and I was just like, this is amazing. And I remember thinking, like I went on Google and I uh, Googled socks and there were so many socks and they were colorful and they were fun. It was like, I think it was 2013 when I first, you know, tested my product. Um, and I was like, okay, I have to do something different. I can't just make socks. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember searching socks with faces and there's so much competition. And I would go to bed and I was like, okay, it has to be something more. And every night I would go to bed thinking, I want my socks to be alive, but I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. But I would go to bed with that thought. And one day I woke up in the middle of the night, I was like, oh my God, socks with ears. <laughs> I went to Google, I searched socks with ears, and there was nothing. It was like crickets. Nothing existed. 
I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like this is, you know, I, I always say there's uh, two reactions you can have. You can have a reaction, which a lot of people did when I started. Uh, they would say like, why would anyone want ears on their socks? Like this is bizarre and weird. Uh-huh. Uh, or you can have my reaction where like, this is my gap. This yeah. is my way to stand out. This is what I need to and do. And that seems like that's a common thread that's a common throughout thread. your yeah, life. Like, because, you know, I always want respect. Like I don't want to be another person who creates a sock company and piggybacking off of what's popular. Yeah. Like, I wanted to create something unique and different and I want to be the first one. And original. And original. Yeah. And um, so I I Google socks with ears. There's nothing available. And and then I'm like, okay, now, now we really start figuring out how to make it happen. There's one thing I remember for sure when I made my first three original designs. I gave them names. It was Spanky, Fred, and Lily. Mm-hmm. And my only goal was to make them look like a hybrid of two or three different animals in one. That's cool. Because I wanted to show, really give this uniqueness. Not only the product is unique on itself, but also you can't place what those characters are. And it was my way of telling girls and boys out there, uh, be weird. You don't have to be a cookie cutter of someone else. Like okay. Just be weird and different. Yeah. And you'll fit in in this place universe yeah. somehow so it was the first three des- three designs and i it took forever i'm not going to get into many details <laughs> how i finally manufactured them um but i'll say that six different manufacturers would say no and then me and my middle person we would go and say well why not and i'm like well you just have to find someone else who makes the ears we just don't make the ears mm-hmm. and finally i go no one makes the ears. Can you just be the first one <laughs> yeah. that makes the ears and then we'll figure it out? And so finally we got one that said yes and um, and I made my product. And it was also a really scary time because I was excited about it. I think my I wasn't talking about it yet so I didn't know how my fans would react. I was actually paid for the product before I even talked about what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I didn't want to I didn't want anyone to steal my idea. This is all behind the scenes. That was all behind Everybody the scenes. thinks you're just doing regular YouTube content. Yep. Okay. All behind the scenes and I finally got my samples and I remember I cried when I saw them when I tried them on. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the drawings." <laughs> but now they're a real thing and they look identical. Like, how is this possible? And I mean, there's a couple, so many things I've learned. I remember the ears came back and they were like soft and fluffy and big. And I was so pissed because I imagined them being like smaller and not as in your face. Uh-huh. And uh, and my factory was telling me, I was like, sorry, that's the best we can do right now. Let's just test it and see what people say. Uh-huh. And then I finally made my first video and I built a website on my own and I... Uh, put a picture of what the sock will look like because I was still waiting for the socks to come in and I just made a video on YouTube and I said hey here's a surprise I'm doing something cool and different and new and uh, I hope you like it I just have this dream of socks with ears and everything yeah Um, and I just showed them pictures of what they will look like not even actual socks yet and I started getting pre-orders that's amazing and I was like oh my gosh people believe in my crazy idea like this is awesome well it's such a it feels like such an organic extension of your of your like wild personality and your style and I feel like your fans were probably the first people that were gonna understand that right exactly away, right exactly so did you feel like using or not using but do you feel like leveraging your fan base 
oh, was really what made percent. Well, actually, at that time, off. I wasn't really thinking of building a business at all. I only wanted to create a really cool product for my fans. Oh, okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about business. I never wanted to be in stores. I just wanted to create something special for my loyal audience so they could stand out in their own world. Mm-hmm. And not until later... Um, where I've met people in business and they're like, what the hell are you doing? You can build a real business here. Mm-hmm. And back up a little bit, um, my inspiration for this business was my obsession with Japan and my obsession with Betsy Johnson. Okay. Uh, I bought every single thing that she's ever made probably. <laughs> um, and I remember going to a party and uh, I was at the top of my YouTube career and I went at the, to the party and I've met the guy who does finances for Betsy Johnson. And I was uh, like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is meant to be. Uh-huh. So I came to him and I said, hey, um, I'm Olga Kay. I have lots of followers. It's all teenage girls. They're obsessed with my fashion. And the truth is my fashion is Betsy Johnson. And I would love to team up with Betsy Johnson and create a jewelry line that is connected Betsy Johnson and Olga Kay inspired mm-hmm. collection. Um, and I would love to do something like this. And he just looked at me and he said, I don't get it. Why would you want to team up with Betsy Johnson? I was like, because she is amazing and we could do amazing things together. And I could bring all these new people to her brand and do all these things. And he goes, why don't you just do it on your own? <laughs> I'm like, I can't build a bit like I, I, I'm not a business person. I remember saying I'm not a business person because I would not know what to do. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at me and he said, figure it out <laughs> and I was like oh my god how discouraging like I thought I was getting this close to work with Betsy Johnson yeah. and two years later I figured it out and it's funny that that's probably one of the best things mm-hmm. that would have happened to you versus just you know teaming up with somebody else exactly how did it feel when you started to see photos of people wearing your socks <sighs> it's uh, it still feels the same uh, either I see a photo I see somebody on the street or my friend sends me a photo because they saw somebody on the street uh, it's just like unreal um, and I had a really interesting experiment experience this year when I went to VidCon and I saw a girl wearing my product uh-huh. and uh, to be honest going to VidCon now many people don't know who I am anymore because my core audience grew up and they just don't go to VidCon anymore. Yeah. But I still go and this girl was wearing my socks and I ran up to her and she was with her mom and I was like, oh my God, you're wearing my socks. This is so cool. And she just looked at me terrified. <laughs> and she was just like, who the heck are you? And her mom was like a little worried. Like, why is this woman talking to my daughter and like freaking out about socks? And I was uh-huh. like, and I realized, I was like, these people have no idea who I am. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm actually the maker of this product. Yeah. And they're like, what? So they got so excited, they actually ended up taking a picture. So I became a celebrity for them in a different way. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh my God, she made those socks. Like, this is cool. And it's already beginning to become, like you said, people are finding out about your socks. Mm-hmm. And then you after the fact. Yep. And maybe if they like... Seeing you, that's a little extra bonus. That's extra bonus, exactly. They're like, oh, there's actually this, you know, open-minded, fun chick behind the brand. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's exciting. And uh, and one of the things that I did in the last... 
two years is I strategically wanted to get my product in stores without using my online celebrity and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And and it was a really interesting test for me to see whether or not people care mm -hmm. about what I'm doing or people only care because they're my fans. On top of it all, when I was trying to get into stores, nobody would want to get them in stores. Oh, okay. Because people would say things, people would get excited, yeah. but then they would stop talking to me. And then, or they will say, we've never sold a product like that we just don't know if it's gonna work i'm like this test is it. the coolest product yeah. <laughs> just test it yeah and one of the times and you know i can't go to every store in the country but there was a one store in los angeles that was like originally really excited but then mm -hmm. just stopped talking to me and didn't matter what i would say through email they just stopped talking and so i finally walked into the store and i said i am so and so I make these socks and they're like, oh my God, we love your socks. And I'm like, so what the hell? And, 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 and they're like with the straight face, they were just like, you know, like your prices, like wholesale prices too high. I'm like, tell a girl because I'm trying to like figure out what's not working. Yeah, yeah. And we literally got my socks into the store and I remember this moment so vividly. Two weeks after I got them in, I came in to check up on them. And I was so terrified to ask the manager if they're doing well, because if they say they're not doing that well, we might never buy them again from you. Mm -hmm. It would just crush me and I couldn't be crushed. And so I was not asking the question. I was just making all the small talk with the manager. And then she goes, by the way, they're doing amazing. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> and I think within three or four weeks, we sold out the first batch that we got into the store. And then after that, I got a lot of confidence and I just went to everyone. I was like, hey, my socks sell out within two weeks to four weeks, so get them in. Once you started to get all these new fans and the company and the brand are starting to kind of take shape, mm -hmm. did you develop new goals for what the brand was, what Mooshwax was becoming? Oh, yes. Um, well. I remember my mentor would always come to me and he, he would say, Olga, why did you start this company? How come you're not talking about it ever? And it was such an emotional thing for me. Um, so I remember going to New York for 10 days and I remember saying like, okay, I'm not going to go out. I'm just going to sit in my room and I'm just going to really get to the bottom of it. Like, why did I wake up one day and I said, socks with ears, this is what we're doing. This is what they're going to be. And it, it took me a while to discover. And the discoveries that I've discovered just made me cry for the next five days. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. Um, and the reason I wanted to do that is because I'll forever have this little girl inside of me who always feels invisible in a way because I come from a place that is not really exciting and um, you know I always had to fight really hard to stand out and be respected and everything so I'll always have that girl in me and I remember thinking well I want to create something for these young girls that feel invisible all the time something that they could wear they could walk into the room and all of a sudden people pay attention to them mm -hmm. and once people pay attention to you it's so much easier to share who you are and what you want to do and what your goals are it's just always so hard to get people's attention to pay attention to you for one second okay. and yeah. i remember having this product and i would wear it and everywhere i went people would be like oh my god what are the coolest socks and then you start a conversation and you just never know where it leads yeah one of those amazing moments that really sealed it for me is I was at the bar wearing my socks <laughs> and this guy comes up to me and he goes I'm obsessed with your socks what's the story and so they would always ask me what the story is and I would say well, it's actually that's my company 
And he would say, well, you should be on Amazon. I was like, actually, I am on Amazon, but I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, I'm an Amazon executive, and I can help you figure out how the whole system works. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, so not only I could stand out and make new friends uh, wearing my product, I could create new opportunities for myself. And it's because it's just something so unique and different. And then when it comes to young girls, you know, all of my characters have names and personalities, and they have these pillars of their personalities that every girl wants to be part of or mm. tries to be achieve that level of confidence or um, you know like I have a sock that is a rebel that it just does whatever and I have a sock that is a video game nerd and it's okay to be a nerd yeah. because like it's a lovable character and everything so I wanted to create something for girls that when they wear it they not only stand out but they also have this hidden superpowers that the socks come with and it's a constant reminder like I'm wearing an owl today. It mm -hmm. gives me more wisdom and it gives uh, me more, you know, I can make wiser decisions. And uh, and I feel like sometimes girls just need encouragement um, to do something. And one of my favorite stories to tell is uh, my six-year-old neighbor who never made eye contact with me. And she... Um, one day she was outside and I brought her a pair of socks and she looked at it and she was like, thank you. And it just kind of like ended at that. And she still didn't really get excited. It was just a very shy moment. Mm -hmm. And three days later, she wore them to school and she came back. And for the first time in two years, I saw her being animated and she was like <laughs> bouncing around and she's like, oh my God, I went to school and everyone was asking me where I got the socks and they were like playing with the ears. And at that moment, I realized because I, I would read that in my reviews, um, how much young girls love the product and what it did to them but mm -hmm. I've never seen it in person and all of a sudden I realized that I became a token of coolness for this girl mm -hmm. like I'm somebody who gave her something that made her stand out and now she maybe made more friends or she became that popular girl in school that day mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm her best friend so every time I leave I leave the house now she like tells me about her day and <laughs> so I opened her up and maybe she was always an open kid but she was never with me yeah. and all of a sudden she had this confidence to just just to be herself or become more herself and um and it just really sealed it for me that originally i created the product for my little girl inside of me to stand out and it turns out that it's for every girl out there that's really cool i mean especially for um young girls i mean that time period in your life mm -hmm. where you're building your own identity and your self-esteem mm -hmm. is I think it's super important and to have that foundation with something that um, a product that is there to empower mm -hmm. a young lady like that's really cool you know and I bet that once you sort of connected the dots it felt like oh this is the perfect fit for it, it did and it finally made, made sense I was like that's why I woke up with this that's why I'm doing this and and um, and it's really an amazing feeling when you're not only creating something cute, but also you give in value. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not saying, you know, just because you wear my socks, you're going to become the most confident person. But it's definitely going to be the beginning steps of you realizing that you don't have to be like everyone else. You could be different and still stand out. And maybe that's actually the best thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your goals for Mooshwags? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the goals are huge. Like, and I had my goals from the beginning when I first started this. Um, 
because they're all original characters I want to turn them into a media company as well mm. where they'll do an animated show or a movie or a comic book or lots of different merchandise like a creating my sock line I realized that not every single shoe fits perfectly with my socks but I want to wear like cute shoes with my socks sometimes Mm -hmm. so I would love to create a line of shoes yeah that would match the socks somehow the line of dresses and hats and lots of different things so you know if you're not a sock wearer uh, you can wear a dress and still have carried that message with you so I wanted to wrap it up with just what plans and goals do you think you have for as far as entrepreneur entrepreneurial oh gosh what a great question because i realized as i was building i'm still building mooshwax the brand but once i achieved a little bit of success with mooshwax i realized that oh my gosh this is not the end of the road Mm -hmm. i'm definitely gonna do something else and i already have so many ideas for other businesses that i can start and and it's not it's not necessarily a product business i was like oh my god i'm gonna like discover and learn how to be part of another industry mm-hmm. and uh one of my goals is to get into um retail real estate oh wow yeah so it's like completely different but kind of related uh but i see the gaps in the industry right now and it was just one of those things like i wish i had a billion dollars so i can like build this new model uh-huh. that would be awesome because uh, there's so much struggle that is happening in retail business right now absolutely yeah that's a that's a really interesting like chain of things that chain of events that led yeah. you to seeing these new opportunities out there yeah and one of my other uh, goals was to create um to create a foundation or organization for young girls as well where i realized that i mean we're struggling so much with women leadership right now mm-hmm. and um and there's so many organizations that focus on women leadership and we have uh, like i went to three different women empowerment leadership conferences in the last month yeah. i'm like what is happening like it's really becoming a movement yeah but in it i'm realizing that Um, it's great that we empower women it's fantastic it's great that we empower teenagers that's great but I think the issue starts to develop for women and uh, by the time they're teenagers we're already too late Mm -hmm. and I feel like there should be an organization for um, girls that are Mm six-year-old when they are kind of fearless yeah and they they were just as fearless as boys but once they go through puberty something happens where they shut down and they mm-hmm. close off and they just lose that confidence where boys become more aggressive and and I think that's where it stands so I want to create an organization where I guide the girls to be the leaders from the beginning so by the time they go through puberty nothing affects them yeah. because they already have the tools um, and they would not know it's the tools because there would be children mm-hmm. but they'll have it in the subconscious that this is what you need this is what you need right now to become a leader eventually. I really love that. I think what you're doing is super inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. And I really like, you know, this direction that you're doing and I'm just really glad that we got to sit down thank and talk you. about Me it. Thank you. Me too. Yeah, so thank you again for being on the show. <sighs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Throwboy Show with my special guest Olga K. You can go to mooshwalks.com and see everything we talked about. You can also follow Olga herself on social media. She's at Olga K. 
And if you want to follow Throwboy, be sure to just jump online and we're at Throwboy everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, the whole spectrum. Um, but until next time, uh, oh, and you can also email me, fans at throwboy.com. Uh, but until next time, I will catch you next week. Later.